0: Welcome. You're listening to the Equine Photographer's Podcast, the place to learn from top equine professionals around the world as they share their experience and knowledge on what it takes to be an accomplished equine photographer. Now your hosts, Peter DeMott and G.G. Embricks.
1: This is Peter DeMott and
2: this is G.G. Embricks.
1: And we are ready to start a podcast with Annette Agustad. Uh, from Norway she has some beautiful pictures on her website and on her Facebook her website is in Norwegian so it's I ran a translator on it so I can understand a little bit better but we'll have lots of questions for her and uh, here we go I'm gonna call her right now
2: okay sounds great
1: hello
0: hello this is Aneta
1: so Aneta that's how you say it in norwegian
0: yes correct
1: uh-huh <laughs> and how do you say your last name
0: um in norwegian it's uh, augustad
1: augustad okay yes augustad. perfect all right so uh i discovered you on uh the equine photo critique
0: group i think you mentioned that
1: mm-hmm and uh we're just gonna jump in right away uh, to find out more about you are you're you're in the business of equine photographer
0: uh, well I'm not sure if I would call it the business of equine photography because to me it's really a hobby I have a full-time job on the side so this is something that I do uh, as a hobby on my spare time
1: uh, okay the the they are paying clients though is that correct yes okay so you run it like a professional side business? Yes, I do. Okay, good. And, uh, you know, we're looking at your website. That's beautiful,
0: by the way. Very, very beautiful. Thank you so much. It's not in English yet, so I'm sorry for that. But, oh, that's great. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, <laughs> it's going to be translated very soon.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm no- cool. noticing that all these women and the horses as well are, are all just beautiful um when you i think
0: so too <laughs> yes
1: and then on your facebook i noticed that there was probably more clients on the website are some of these actual models
0: yes um i think three of the girls are models and all the other girls are actually the owner of the horse or uh, it's their leased horse
1: right okay and so uh When you do these sessions, uh, I noticed on your website that it says, you know, you get to choose the clothing and the place, Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, all these women
0: have dresses
1: on. Um, Yes,
0: most of them do. I know. (laughs)
1: Well,
2: Peter, let me fill you in on Europe. They still like to dress up. (laughs) They're not like us Americans, you know, where we wear our casual clothes all the time I found that in Europe uh, they still they like to dress up
1: Uh huh. so yes, I mean, and I,
0: I think that this is also something that uh, it's it's very special for a lot of these girls to have this photo shoot so they want to look nice and to wear a dress is obviously something that I feel I want to do yeah that's great
2: it really it really makes the photos very attractive too they're beautiful thank how you
1: long, how long uh, let me ask you this question and we usually ask this first thing um how did you get into photography and how did you get into horses
0: um into horses was uh, at a very early stage i was eight my sister started first i started one year later so there was no question horses was everything in my life i loved them um did you so own, to-
1: own a horse or lease a horse
0: uh, my sister got a horse when she was around 15, uh, but then she uh, she kind of fell out of it. So I uh, I took over the horse that she had, and it became my horse for uh-huh. uh, a lot of years.
1: So did you live on a farm, or did you have it boarded somewhere?
0: No, I, uh, I grew up with my mom and my sister in a small town called Sham. It's uh, two hours south of Oslo. And uh, there was a a large uh, riding stud there. Um, And uh, that's where I took riding lessons in dressage, show jumping, and where I also eventually had my horse.
1: I see. Okay. And then uh, when did photography come into the picture?
0: Well, at first it started with uh, regular landscape and nature photography, Uh, I think maybe 2008. Uh, I did that for a couple of years, and uh in two thousand and twelve, I started building my portfolio with horses in two thousand thirteen. I was certain that horses was my thing yeah. so there's been a process
1: right <laughs> and is is this something that you would uh that you're interested in making full time or is it gonna stay as a side business
0: I think for now, it will stay as a side business. Uh, I think that is one of the advantages because I have a full-time job that pays all my bills. And uh, due to that, I have a very large flexibility to do whatever I want in photography. I can take on projects that don't bring in any money, but I can do whatever I want. I can handpick the horses, handpick the, the models and, and just be creative without thinking about the money. Yep. Right.
1: Well, that's what the website is just beautiful. So, tell us about some of the pictures on the website. Like, there's this uh, woman in a white dress with a dappled horse in a snowy scene. Tell me how that all came together.
0: Yes, I know which you which horse you mean. The horse is Serena, and uh, the girl's name. I can't quite remember just right now, but uh, it was a client they uh, hired they hired me to take some photos of them December last year I think and uh, she had a wedding dress from the United States that they were uh, going to return after using it for some kind of event and they wanted to have some photos with it before before they have to send it back. Oh so uh, actually the mother. Of the daughter that's in the pictures, she contacted me and booked an hour of, of photography here in Oslo.
1: Mm-hmm. And then uh, it happened to snow that day or, or was it a snowy time or what?
0: No, there was no snow. We actually had very nice weather. It was uh, a sunny day, but uh, the sun sets very, very early here in Norway during the winter time, around four or five in the afternoon. So uh, we got to take these photos just uh, as we watched the sunset. So the lighting was, uh, was very perfect and we got a beautiful sky.
1: Okay, so let me look at the picture more carefully. Okay, no snow, <laughs> yeah. You said you've only been doing the photography since 2008?
0: Yes, but, but the horse uh, photography since 2013.
1: Right. Where where are you learning to do your photography?
0: I haven't really learned it from anyone. Um, I think during my first years of photography, I learned the basics. I mean, how to work the camera and all the settings and to understand uh, the aperture and the shutter and the ISO, all these functions, I just took them to use. And uh, when I started my photo my fo- photos wasn't uh, much to look at really so <laughs> I think I just uh, I tried I failed and I tried again yeah that's a practice right very very <laughs> much practice yes
2: yeah I think we all start like that and they're they're just beautiful though they you've done well you know with getting them all in focus that's seems to be a big uh, stumbling block for a lot of people is getting that nail in that
0: focus yes know. It can be hard sometimes, especially yeah. with horses in movement.
2: Yeah. And then I see that you do dogs too, and that's even harder. <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah, like. I think actually it's easier sometimes because it's easier to tell a, a dog to sit than a horse yeah. to stand still.
2: Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah.
1: So, okay. Um, this is a podcast about the business of equine photography, and it, it is a side business for you. Can you tell us how, uh, how, your, how you find your clients and also uh, how you promote your business? Is it all through the website, or do you have any other things that you do?
0: Um, it's mostly through my Facebook page. Okay. And uh, I also have, I have written one article. In uh, 2013, I got my first article published in a large Norwegian magazine called Equilife. Mm. And uh, the same article was published almost a year later on a large Norwegian website called Ressage, of course. Oh. Uh, so I guess some exposure is from, from the articles and, and getting some interviews and publicity on other websites. But for myself, it's mostly my Facebook page.
2: Yeah. I know in, you know, I'm in Belgium here and th- this type of photography isn't um, real common. I mean, they still are kind of you know just portraits for and weddings and communions. Is that the same in norway or or do you find more uh photographers doing the work like you're doing
0: uh, I think it's the same here. There are a lot of hobby photographers though that yeah. love to to photograph horses. I think uh, a lot of girls who who uh, who ride and love horses are also creative people. So, yeah. uh, it's something that hangs together. But when it comes to professional photographers, it's more commerce. Like you said, wedding and portraits and, and not so much horses. So, uh, yeah. a lot of people say that, uh, oh, you got a really, really specific hobby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Do, you, do you have to have a license to run a business in Norway? I know in Belgium um, you do. Like, you, you can't just, not only a license, you have to have a, a degree in photography to run an official photography
0: business here um okay is that Uh, the same for noi um almost you don't have to have a degree in photography to do it but if you are to to make money from it you have to register as a business due to taxes yeah Uh, but that depends on how much you make because there is limits so if you're under that limit you can uh, report what you earn. But if you go over that limit, you have to register as uh, a single person company or a larger company, depending oh, on how many employees.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, I think in Europe, it's a little, it's a little more difficult to get going, you know, as as an official business, because of all the the taxes and the paperwork, and they're a little stricter on things like that. I th- yes, a I, I lot think. of
0: administrative work. Yeah,
1: yeah. Sorry. So, okay, In, on your Facebook page, I noticed that there was several uh, photographs of a group of people, and it looked like there was several dogs and several horses. Um, do you try to set your sessions so that you're doing many people at once?
0: No, not at all.
1: Okay. Um, it's mo- my- mostly custom, one person at a time.
0: Yes, Uh, Mm -hmm. it's really up to the client. Actually, I have never gotten a client with two people and one horse, but I have had two horses, three horses and one person. So it's uh, I think it's a lot easier to create a beautiful, more intimate photo with fewer uh, participants because you get to see the connection a lot better. Yeah, Uh, the, the photo I think you're referring to is actually a bachelorette party.
1: Ah, is that what that yeah, was? Yeah, so that
0: was a gift to the girl getting married.
1: I see. And then you you took pictures of the, the party, I guess is what you're saying?
0: Yes, when we were okay. finished, everyone who was at the bachelorette party, they wanted a group photo to remember the day by.
1: I see, okay. Describe for us uh, what a typical one of these sessions looks like in terms of Timing, how many pictures you take, what time of the day you choose, and uh, all those sort of things. How long? How long the session takes?
0: The session is usually about an hour. Uh, when a client wants photographs, they usually contact me by email, and uh, they usually have a lot of questions, and I try to answer them as best I can. I also have. Um, Uh, some information that i send out to all the clients which includes tips and tricks and uh, a little recommendation of what not to wear uh, in case (laughs) of a in case of a sunny day it's not very nice if they're wearing all white clothes because they will just look like a reflector it's really difficult um so especially
1: on a dark dark horse that would be
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah. A black horse and a girl with white clothes is—it's it's very difficult. So I uh, and I also like to uh, suggest to take the photos early in the morning or during the afternoon or the night or, or the evening, depending on the time of year. So um, they uh, they book me for one hour and I meet up a little bit before, so we can discuss how this is going to be and if they have any questions and we have a look around. And after the hour is done, I usually deliver around between 15 and 20 pictures to the client afterwards. Printed pictures?
2: Like no, printed?
0: digital files. Did- yes, okay. low resolution files. So if they want prints, they will have to order prints uh, through me so that I can be in control of what happens to the full resolution files. So do
2: you dil- you deliver those um in person, you don't have like an online gallery or anything like that.
0: I uh, I send them via a service online that's called WeTransfer. Oh yeah, yeah, I use that yes. too.
2: Yeah, so I send a good
0: photos to the client via WeTransfer,
2: and then they order from there, or do you guys do you meet up with them a little later um, to see what they want printed, or no? Or they,
0: Usually they just pick out the photos that they like best and they order them from me via via mail. So they oh, just okay. let me know I want that in that picture and I want it in this size and on canvas or photo print. Uh-huh. So usually every all of the communication is usually uh, via email. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay.
1: yeah. And uh, are, you, are you making a, a profit on the prints or mostly... On the session and the digital file delivery, in other words, do you charge a lot up front or do you charge less up front and then charge more for the prints?
0: I charge uh, for the photo session. And if they want to buy the full resolution digital file with rights, I take uh, a little bit more for that. But if they want to buy prints, I take very little. Uh, I mean, if you order a photo at uh, a photo uh, print uh, company, they will take a profit from producing that photo from you. So it's only right that I, who took the photo, also uh, uh, take a little profit from doing the work. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Mm
1: -hmm. So let's see. Why don't we talk about another one of these sessions? Uh, This one horse is sitting down on the ground. Yes, um,
0: that's uh, Stjerna. <laughs>
1: and apparently she has trained her horse to do that?
0: Yes. This is actually one of the most remarkable photo shoots I've ever had. Okay, and, tell uh, us about <laughs> it. I was uh, I was actually very touched. Um, I contacted her. The girl is called uh, Nadja. She's a Norwegian girl. And the horse is is an uh, uh, Icelandic horse. And I have... I sometimes just Google around to see if I can find some inspiration, look at horse photos and see what can I do uh, just to get some ideas. And I thought, I really want to have a picture of a horse lying down uh, with a girl. Uh-huh. So we have um, a horse page here in Norway, which is uh, all of the bloggers are there. It's horse.no, just it's Hest, which is horse in Norwegian. And I actually found her there. And after chasing this girl for a couple of months, she finally <laughs> responded to my, uh, to my message on Facebook. So I got to go there and photograph Nadia and Stiana, And she did all these tricks with this horse. And this horse was so calm and so sweet. And when we took the photos of her lying down with the horse... Every now and then the horse took some breaks to, to eat some grass and just while lying down. So she really, <laughs> she didn't get bossed around at all, the horse. She was very aware that this was something they did because they had good communication and trust in each other. Yeah. Huh. So that's when, when the sitting up picture happened, was, it was an accident because we were actually photographing them lying down and then the horse wanted to get up. And uh, halfway there, she just took a little break and she just sat there. <laughs> yeah. So we got the photo. Huh. That's great. Yeah.
1: With huh. some of these dresses are, and mostly bareback, um, are you having any spills um, with your riders and, or, or spook from the dresses and things like that?
0: No, I haven't really had it yet. Um, and I always ask them to do what they're comfortable with. And I always say security first. Don't do anything out of your comfort zone. You are the person who knows your horse the best. So I will never ask anything of anyone uh, unless they're comfortable doing it. So no no accidents and no no spooks. <laughs> in
2: Norway, I think as in Belgium, there is a, a quite a few different breeds, you know, from the ponies to... Some draft horses, the Frisians, um, which really makes it, you know, where you have a lot of variety. Um, Is there any particular breed that you focus on or are you pretty partial and you just whatever breed they have?
0: Um, If I want to handpick the horse, uh, of course, the breed is not very important, but the horse has to be photogenic. Um, Yeah. There are... A lot of horses in the world and the owner will always think that his or her uh, horse is the <laughs> most beautiful one of them all. Yeah. But I have to be objective and um, I have tried uh, a variety of horses but I have to say that I'm a little weak for the Lusitano horse. Uh-huh. I think it's a really really beautiful and powerful horse and also the Frisian, as you mentioned yeah. um, are truly beautiful. A Little harder to photograph since they're always black, but yeah, still very, very powerful horses.
2: Yeah, yeah, they and they look they, when you do get it right, they are just beautiful with the long manes and tails, and they have an elegant way of moving. I yes, watch the them. legs, yeah, I watch them. I don't know if they would be my first pick to ride, but <laughs> but their movement is you know very, very dramatic, I think, too. Yes.
0: I, I would have to say that the, the breeds all have their different personalities, so it's it's um, it's good either way, and you yeah. learn to see the the small varieties between them, like the Icelandic horse and the Frisian and the Arabian horse are totally different sure. in their yeah. temper. Sure.
1: Right. Yeah. So I see a Frisian horse with looks like possibly a model on it, um, or a very very pretty owner either one Uh, I think it's a
0: model her name is Camila
1: yeah so tell us about when you do a model session with a horse that you've chosen how do you go about setting that up and are you paying the model or are you giving her pictures for payment or what are you doing
0: uh, I haven't actually done this a lot, uh, only three or four times, uh, but uh, if we if we talk about Camilla and the Frisian horses, she was actually a client from last year last summer where I photographed her and her two horses in Oslo and I was what so kind of horses
1: with... did she have?
0: She had uh, an Arabian and an Arabian mix. I think I'm not one hundred percent sure, but one of them was an Arabian. And uh, I was so happy with the photos because she was extremely photogenic and her skin is so light and so everything was so pretty about her. And I found her on Instagram after posting her uh, the photos of her and the horse and uh, I saw that she actually had some modeling photos there. Oh. So I thought that I'd ask her if she wanted to be my next model for the next project And she thought that was a great idea because the model has to have some kind of horse experience. You can't just put anyone up on a horse and think that they would understand the concept. Yeah. So she said yes. And in return, she got to use the photos for her portfolio. So it was like a TFP. Trade. Yeah, Yeah. time for print. Yes. And uh, the horses, I actually... um, I posted... A post on my Facebook page saying that I was looking for a black horse for a photo shoot. And I actually also was a member of a Frisian horse group here in, in Oslo. So just browsing through pictures there, I found this amazing stallion, which is in the photos. His name is uh, Tjardu. Uh, he's uh, not a stallion anymore, unfortunately, but he is in the pictures yeah. So I asked them very nicely if they wanted to lend me their horse for a couple of hours with a model and some dresses. And in return, they could could get the photos of their horse. And I also gave them a little time at the end to, to have their portrait taken with their horse.
2: Yeah, that's a good way to... People are probably glad to do it. And, you know, it gives helps you out. When you do projects... Um, like what type of projects are you thinking of mostly just like beautiful horses and beautiful women, or do you have other ideas for different projects? I'm curious about your projects.
0: Yes. um, I'm glad you asked. I have two projects. Uh, I have three, but I can only talk about two of them because the third one is a secret. Uh, But two of them. uh, One is, um, as you mentioned, there are a lot of girls in dresses so yeah. I'm actually trying to find a guy with a horse. Ah. <laughs> uh, and I have uh, posted on my Facebook page, uh, and I've gotten a lot of replies, so I now have a handful of guys to, to not choose from, but to ask if they're willing to do it. Yeah. So that is one of the projects, and the other one is to um, I, uh, I'm looking for a model with a lot of tattoos oh okay uh, yes so it's going to be a bit more edgy rockabilly bit pin up with uh, one white horse and a pinto horse so I'm trying to lose that romantic girly with the with the dresses and try and do something a bit more edgy
1: trying to broaden the categories a bit yeah yes The, the one thing that I do see in most of these pictures when there is a person in the picture is that you photograph with a strong connection between the horse and the rider. Can you tell us how you achieve that?
0: Well, in most of my photo shoots there, it's actually the owner of the horse which is in them. So the connection is already there. Uh, what I experience a lot is when we start the photography session they are smiling and looking at me and that's not really what I want because (laughs) that's what you do when your grandma takes a photo of you for the family portrait yeah so I usually uh, let them know that I would like you to focus more on your horse and try to forget that I'm here so vary your looks look at me sometime every now and then but look at your horse follow the horses look, if it's looking into the horizon and and just trying to interact with him or her.
1: That yeah. sounds fun. Yeah.
0: yeah.
2: It's a good mm-hmm. idea too because, yeah, the first, in, I think that's the case with everyone is they want to look at the camera and give you that camera smile and <laughs> <Yes>. it, just, <laughs> it just doesn't work. No. Um, yeah. Huh. Do you... Do, you do any lighting like uh, um, flash or uh, any kind of lighting in your photos or is it are you trying to just use
0: natural light I always use natural light I have never used uh, a flash or a um, reflector or anything I would like to try it though but it's equipment that I don't have and I, I have no experience with it yeah. yeah. Uh, I do have a I do have a colleague who loves photography and he has a lot of flashes and, and reflectors and he, he really likes to experiment with these things. Ah and, perfect. <laughs> uh, I actually invited him on a photo shoot last fall where we had to take photos with the dark background without me using a flash. So he wow. had a softbox and he came up for ten minutes. We took some photos, we got the black background and everything. So uh, I think maybe I will have to ask him in the future. Uh, it would yeah. be very cool to try and take some photos while it was really dark outside.
2: Yeah, yeah. It it can, it can broaden the, t- you know, not make you so connected to the time of day and then put some drama into some of the photos. But your lighting exactly. is beautiful. Um, Thank you. Even the natural light, some of them look like, you know, what a lot of people would do with flash, but. It's great that you can see it naturally. You're beautiful. And what kind of equipment do you use, basically? Everybody likes to know what everybody else is
0: using. Um, Actually, I got a new camera two days ago. Mm -hmm. uh, But up until now, I have been using the Nikon D700 Mm -hmm. uh, since 2012. And uh, no, 2013. And uh, two days ago, I upgraded to the Nikon D750. Oh, okay. So that's the camera I will be using for probably the next couple of years. And uh, the lens that I almost always use is a Nikon 70 to 200 millimeter. Yeah.
1: And uh, are you usually shooting at the higher end of the millimeters?
0: Yes, I am.
1: When you're taking these pictures, you're back 20, 30 feet?
0: Yes, something like that. Mm -hmm. I remember being very surprised the first time I I tried out the lens. (laughs) Just as I need to back up some more. Some more, (laughs) some more. But I I feel that it's it's something that also makes uh, the girls and the horses comfortable because I'm not up in their face. I'm pretty far away, so it's easier to forget that I'm there.
2: Yeah, that's true. That is true. And and I think you can catch some, for me, I can catch a lot more natural um, candid shots rather than the, you know, set up shot where they look like they're posing or it looks like it's set up. But if you're way back, you'll get those special moments when it's like, ah, you know, a real connection and you're right there. You're ready to get it because you're you're away, away from yes, them. Indeed.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Let's see. Are you on Equine Photographers Network also, or just the Horse Critique? Is that where you?
0: That that is actually a group that I joined just a couple of months ago. Uh, so uh, I haven't been there for very long. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, you should look into
2: Equine Photographers Network. Um, it's worldwide, and there's a lot of a um, lot of information there, and kind of like a group of of equine photographers all in one spot so
0: yeah i just checked it out on facebook and i am actually i i like the page as my page but not as me <laughs> but oh. i just hit the like button so now i'm
2: there
0: yeah yeah
2: <laughs> but they also do have a website too okay you know, i'll that. check it out yeah Thank you. i think it's what is it epnet.org com. okay so, yeah but it's a good, it's got a lot of resource for information and and uh, contests and, you know, just all, workshops. Of course, where you're at, you'd be kind of hard to go that far. But yeah. a lot of people go to Iceland, you know, that's not that far. But you don't no. need to go to Iceland because you have that beauty in your country. <laughs> Norway is on my list. It's really somewhere I really would like to visit.
0: Oh, you should. You really should. Yeah.
2: I heard it's beautiful.
1: So I see uh, you have quite a few of the horses by themselves, without the owners. Um, how often would you say that um, somebody commissions you to work, and they just want the horse and not the owner?
0: Uh, very rarely, actually. It's okay. maybe five to ten percent of the clients. But I, I usually. Uh, suggest it to them for maybe the five or ten last minutes of a session. I asked them, would you like some portraits of, of your horse without you in them? Um, and that is actually based on my own experience, because when uh, the horse that I had left, I, I sold her twice. So when she left me for the last time, I knew that this was it. I asked a photographer friend of mine if he would come out to the stables and take some photos of uh, of me and her. And we didn't take some photos of just her, only, oh. I, I mean, every one of them. And and I'm not satisfied with half of the photos. So I would really wish that I was not in them. So with two of the photos, I've actually edited myself out of them. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's just based on experience that I, I know that it might come to a time where they wish that they were not in the photos. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, it's a good idea. Then you always have, you know, you can have it framed. A lot of people don't want themselves up on the wall. But exactly. it would be nice to have, you know, a, a photo of your horse that you used to own on the wall. So, yeah, it's a really good idea, I think.
1: Yeah, that is a good idea. Um, so, let's see. What else? Um, usually we also ask... Um, what you would tell someone who wants to do more equine photography, as far as learning to do well, uh, what would you encourage them to do?
0: I think that if they truly love it, I think they should do it. If it comes to a point where, you're not sure if this is what you want to do, then I don't think you should do it. But if you really love it, do it and uh, be open to, to constructive criticism. I see this a lot online and uh, actually everywhere that if you get criticism for something that you do, a lot of people get easily offended. and uh, And I think that, of course, it should be constructive, but even if it's negative, the feedback that you get Listen to it and try and do something about it. Maybe keep a blog for yourself you, if you don't want to share it with everyone. But then you will have a, a nice way of looking uh, back at your progress and, and look at the first post that you made and see, okay, am I doing any better? Yeah. And um, just just ask people. You if you have someone that you you look up to, someone you like, if you like their photography, ask them for tips and tricks and. Just keep doing it.
2: Yeah, I think uh, most people like to share, um, you know, to help everybody out. But some some get a little. You can, you know, it has to be encouraging, but critiqued also, so that you you know can help them grow. But you don't want to, you don't want to uh, destroy their enthusiasm for doing that. Also, well, and I I
1: think what she's saying is that you need to have a thicker skin so that yeah. you can improve. Yeah, you know? yes. so if if you go and cry and think you're a failure just because somebody had a suggestion.
2: Yeah, well then, then you then might not be in for this kind of business then. <laughs> 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 you got to have a little thicker skin. Right. Yeah, indeed.
0: Yeah, I, I think also another good idea is to to create uh, a profile on uh, a photo site like Flickr or DeviantArt or 500 pixels. Just find uh, a web page that you like and upload some of your photos. You can be totally anonymous and people will tell you if it's good. They will tell you if it's bad. And you don't really have to get offended by it at all. And you, you can just have that profile and, and try and get some feedback on your photos.
2: Yeah, yeah. I I was on uh, 500 picks for a while, and that was very helpful because your goal, you know how they had, they used to have it where people would kind of like vote for it, and then it would move up in points, so you got yes. points. And that, like the goal, like, oh, I have to get into the 90s, you know, and that was like, a, it was really a great personal way of pushing yourself without, you know, other people's comments and that. You could just go compete against yourself that way.
0: Yes, so, and get a good indication if people like it or not without yep. saying the actual words.
2: Yeah, right, right. It's a good idea, good suggestion. Although I think 500 pics has changed a bit now, and I don't quite understand it because they're going into more stock. Type
1: mm. photos, yeah. I okay, I do have a couple more questions, then we're going to wrap it up. With regard to the business of equine photography and this port these portraits that you do, can you tell us... Uh, say an average range on how much people are spending with you in typical one hour session and you send them the pictures and they buy some pictures and, um, you know, is it, is it a lot of money or a little money or, I mean, Um. just kind of a general...
0: I would say compared to other photographers, it's not very much at all. It's uh, it's a quite low quite low rate. You can actually see uh, my prices on my webpage. Mm-hmm. It's in Norwegian, but you will see the numbers there.
1: And what? Yeah. Um, How does that convert to U.S. dollars?
2: Well, there she's in the Eurozone, correct? And yes. So uh, we, we
0: don't have uh, euros there. We have kroners. But oh, uh, you don't? Oh, okay. no, we're, we don't have euros. Yeah. But uh, the, the average amount spent from a customer with uh, all the things you said, photos and prints and everything, is around uh, 1,500 to 2,000 kroners. And you can, um, you can divide that by eight, and you have a mean euros. Yeah, I can do that right now. 2,000 divided by eight is around 250 euros.
1: Okay. Two and then uh if we convert that to u s dollars uh, I guess that's about uh uh three or four hundred dollars probably
2: yeah, something about I don't know what yeah. the conversion rate is in I think 30. it's about
1: one and a half
0: I yeah. think it's around three hundred dollars
1: three hundred dollars yeah. Uh-huh. yeah okay well that's a that's a nice number and uh now the other part of that question is. Uh, how many pictures would you say you take during the session to get that 15 or 20 finished pictures? And how much time do you spend in Photoshop on those 15 or 20 pictures?
0: Uh, how many photos that I take during the photo shoot varies a lot. Uh, it really <laughs> depends because since these are our regular girls with regular horses Uh, some are natural talents and some are the quite opposite yeah so sometimes we struggle a lot and I usually give the clients 10 or 15 minutes extra because I want them to be happy with the result Uh, so I think that it varies between 200 and 400 photos uh, and the amount of time that I spend in... I actually use paint Shop and not Photoshop. Oh. Uh, I think... Oh, that also depends. It depends uh, because the, um, the environment, I mean, the, the surroundings, it's very different from, from place to place. And I don't have the time to go there and inspect uh, on forehand. So if there are a lot of fences and uh, a lot of buildings and things that I need to edit uh it also it it of course takes a lot of, of time. So I think for say fifteen, sixteen photos, I would say I spend around maybe I never really thought about it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Somewhere between four and eight hours.
1: Ah, uh-huh. okay so you spend a lot of time on them.
0: Yes. That that that's the worst case scenario.
2: Yeah. Like if you're taking things out and
0: yeah. yes, removing tractors and fences and buildings and yes. Okay. Yeah.
1: So, and then, uh, how often are you doing sessions? Is it something you're doing every weekend or, uh, once a month or, I mean, just at a you know, frequency?
0: It depends on the, the season actually. Mm -hmm. during spring and summer there is a lot and during fall and winter there is not very much so I tend to to work on my own projects during during the fall I don't really know why people don't book me during the fall because I mean the autumn colors are so beautiful and the surroundings is just amazing so that that keeps coming back to me I, I don't really understand but at the same time it's it's good for me because then I have all the beautiful surroundings to myself yes So I would say during uh, spring and summer, it's maybe two times a month, Mm -hmm. sometimes three. And um, during winter and and autumn, it's maybe once a month.
2: Yeah, I would think you would get a lot in fall too, because... But maybe you need to get the the models in the colored leaves and then people will see
0: how beautiful it is. (laughs) Yes the the uh, it's a it's a very small time frame so everything has to be perfect it's it's not easy to get that i mean you have the autumn colors maybe for one week here in norway
2: oh yeah yeah it isn't as long
1: yeah okay (laughs) and then i you i noticed the dogs too do you have a dog
0: no i don't i wish i had one but i know how much time they take so
1: Uh (laughs) i've
0: chosen not to
1: so and how did you get into the dogs
0: You know, uh, at the stables, there's always dogs running around. Uh Dogs and horses have always been together, and a lot of horse owners are also dog owners. So I guess it just came naturally. Okay. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, that pretty well covers most of the questions that I would have. Gigi, do you have anything left over?
2: No. No, I've enjoyed our conversation, and I I really do love your work, and we'll keep following you. and.
1: You are definitely you so talented, much. uh, you have, you do exquisite work and, you know, the, your website and your face. my, my little du- chihuahua is talking You me. have a dog. Yeah, <laughs> I have to okay. tell her to be quiet. Um, but anyway, your work is, is beautiful and I do want to continue to follow your work and, uh and actually learn from you because your poses are beautiful. So uh, thank you
0: so very much. I really appreciate that.
1: Yeah, it'll be fun to see how people respond when we uh, we're we're gonna be launching in September.
0: Yes, with the,
1: with the iTunes and this is an audio podcast and we'll have a um, a page of show notes which will have links to your Facebook page and to your website and uh anything else that you want to put on there
2: yeah and if you have any announcements or new work you know something that you'd like to show you know send it by because we we're we're always glad to promote the people who are taking the time to you know talk to us about their equine
0: photography so thank you that's wonderful yeah
1: so thank you so much for being with us thank uh, you for having me and sure we'll we'll see you from there
0: Okay, thank you very much, and and good luck with your podcasts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank thank you. you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Bye. Bye.
1: So, wow, she is very talented.
2: She is for as short a time as she's been doing it. I think she has a natural way with the people, the posing. It seems real, you know, it feels effortless, too, in the photos, like, She's making them look natural, but making them look beautiful at the same time without the, I don't know. Sometimes I look at people's photos and I can tell they're being posed. And hers, it just feels natural. You know, her work just looks natural to me. And I think that's, I love that about her, her work. Mm.
1: Yeah. yeah, Well, and I think it's, uh, you know, I'm learning uh, to try to have the people spend more time interacting with their horse and less time posing, which is, I mean, I do a lot of posing when I do my sessions. So uh, I'm learning from these people that uh, there's some other ways of doing that. And it really makes for some beautiful pictures.
2: I I learn from everything, even if I'm not doing it, I just, I can't get enough. But um, I heard a tip where you can pose them, like tell them that you want them to do this and stand there and then tell them, now remember what you were how you're standing and then not do it you know then step out of it and then naturally do it. So instead of posing them and then taking the photo just tell them this is how I'd like you to stand then let them relax and then say okay now stand like that and they do it more natural. Right. That right. as a tip but <laughs> how would I know? (laughs) I just know what I, what I hear from others and then I try to practice it and it's always harder than they make it sound.
1: Right. Yeah. So, uh, I'm going to chat with our listeners real quick. Um, thank you for coming and listening and spending some time with us today. Um, we appreciate every listener. We also appreciate if you will go to iTunes and leave a review. Um, The other thing that we're hoping people will do is to come to our website at equinephotographers.com and leave some comments um, from this interview. What was your takeaway? What was your one thing that you're going to try to do in your equine photography to uh, take away something that you've learned from this particular podcast? And uh, if you tell us those things, we would appreciate it. And uh, take a look at the show notes and all that sort of thing. Anything else, Gigi? Nope, that's it. But, you know, I I
2: did have a thought, Peter, before we leave. Mm -hmm. Um, It would be nice uh, if people would um, pose a question for when we we announce who our next interview is. If they have a question that they would love to have that particular person answer, they can... uh, put that on our website and then we'll ask them that question.
1: That's a great and, idea.
2: Yeah. Cause everybody might say, Oh, I wish they would have asked this or asked that. And well, we're going to ask you to post, post those questions and then we can, we can follow up on that.
1: So, right. Great idea. Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll see ya. Bye. bye. Okay, thanks. Bye.
0: Thanks for joining us for the equine photographers podcast. We hope that you were inspired to grow and improve as an equine photographer by listening today. Join us for the next episode to learn, grow, and be inspired as we interview some of today's outstanding equine image makers.